You're listening to the Acadiana's Morning News Podcast, brought to you by LABI and always on kpal965.com. The Rush Morning Update is brought to you by Luxury Limo of Lafayette. Book your next traveling party at LuxuryLimoOfLafayette.net. On Monday, the Supreme Court sided with California in declining to hear an appeal by the Trump administration on a statewide sanctuary law. Now, the upshot is that, at least for now, California can continue its policy of state and local law enforcement refusing to cooperate with federal immigration agencies. The Los Angeles Times editorial board was giddy over this decision. Within hours, they celebrated with an editorial accusing Trump of waging a mean-spirited, costly, and unnecessary war against illegal immigrants. Now, let me caution those of you who, like the LA Times, think this battle is over and who believe the left has won the sanctuary city law fight once and for all. Over the past few weeks, Americans all across the great country have seen lawlessness on display. We have seen a police precinct overrun by thugs and hooligans in Seattle. We've seen it set on fire. We've seen looting, arson, vandalism, violent attacks on business owners go unchecked as elected blue city Democrat leaders choose to sit on their asses and refuse to restore order or defend lives and property. I'm going to guarantee you something. Millions of law-abiding Americans are appalled. And this Supreme Court ruling just adds to their disgust. So don't doubt me. They're waiting until November to demonstrate the amazing political power of disgusted voter pushback against leftist human debris. It'll happen. During this time of massive change, you should know that Zip Recruiter's focus has not changed. They're still doing what they've always done, helping people find work and helping businesses find the right people for their open roles. Now, if you're looking for a job, Zip Recruiter is working with you to find the right job faster. They're dedicated to helping you get hired from caretaking to delivering food and goods, to building medical facilities, supplying protective equipment, so many other opportunities as well. In fact, ZipRecruiter's app will send you up-to-date job openings so you can be one of the first to apply. And if you're actively hiring, ZipRecruiter will invite candidates to apply to your most urgent roles, making it faster and easier to reach the people you need. By connecting people who need jobs and companies that need people, ZipRecruiter is working with all of us so we can keep moving forward. See it come together, ziprecruiter.com slash work together. That's ziprecruiter.com slash work together. We're working for you around the clock to keep you informed. We are Acadiana's home for news and talk. KPEL FM Brokerage Lafayette. Yet another plan for reforming police. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. This one due out this morning comes from the Senate, led by Republican Tim Scott, who's urging Democrats to work with him to improve police accountability and transparency. If they are more interested in having the issue than the solution, that tells me that partisan politics and November is more important than solving the issues. Democrats are working on their own version today. The House Judiciary Committee is expected to advance the Justice in Policing Act, a wide-ranging bill that includes a national database for reported police misconduct and it limits qualified immunity, making it easier for police officers to be sued. Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell says it's a non-starter. Fox's Jared Halpern, this is the day after President Trump's executive order. Encouraging police departments nationwide to adopt 
the highest professional standards to serve their communities. Democrats critiqued it as modest, not going far enough. Another Confederate monument was torn down last night in the protests in Richmond, Virginia. The coronavirus keeps spiking up in some states to record levels from Arizona to Texas to Florida. Fox's Evan Brown live in Broward County. Yeah, Dave, Florida is seeing at least a thousand, even more than two thousand new coronavirus cases daily for a number of days now. And Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says it isn't unexpected. You know, I made the point that as you test more, you will see more cases because you're identifying those subclinical cases that just would not have been tested. DeSantis isn't stopping the statewide plans to continually reopen, but in Miami, where the highest concentration of cases have been, the mayor is delaying the start of phase three, Dave. Yeah, but in China, growing up, they can Beijing has shut schools, canceled flights, closed off some neighborhoods. Ask your Amazon smart speaker to play the news from Fox. America's listening to Fox News. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No, Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. Days before President Trump's first campaign rally since March in Tulsa, Oklahoma, that's had more than a million ticket requests, a judge rejected a lawsuit trying to block it over coronavirus concerns. This isn't about health and safety, and every reasonable person knows that. This is about the Democrats' hypocrisy in wanting to stop President Trump from returning to the campaign trail. That's Trump, Trump 2020 senior legal advisor Jenna Ellis. The rally is expected to draw mostly unmasked crowd to the BOK Center that likely will not be socially distanced. Attorney Clark Brewster says the concern is that this will become a super spreader event that would spread the COVID virus potentially across the northeastern part of Oklahoma and other places. Attorney Paul DeMuro says the goal is not to stop the president's event. He needs to abide by the social distancing guidelines of his own CDC. Oklahoma's health commissioner urged face coverings and six foot distances between people at the rally. Grinnell Scott, Fox News. A condemned murderer is still alive this morning on death row in Texas. He wasn't supposed to be. The Supreme Court granting Ruben Gutierrez a reprieve about an hour before he was scheduled to die for fatally stabbing an 85-year-old woman more than two decades ago. The justices stepping in after Gutierrez's attorney argued the Texas prison system violated his First Amendment rights by refusing to let a chaplain accompany him to the death chamber. Texas banning all clergy from the death chamber last year after the Supreme Court stayed the execution of another prisoner who requested a Buddhist advisor be allowed in. Gutierrez's execution remains on hold while the justices review his petition to have a spiritual advisor in the death chamber with him. Steve Rappaport, Fox News. On Wall Street, stocks could rise again. Dow futures up more than 100 points the day after surging back over 26,000.
I'm Dave Anthony. This is Fox News. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. Good morning, I'm Rob Kirkpatrick with your headlines. We'll get up to 93 degrees today here in Acadiana. Your full weather forecast is coming up. A 17-year-old from Brobridge sadly died yesterday while swimming with a group of friends near the Bayou Amy boat landing in Henderson. It happened just before noon yesterday, according to the St. Martin Parish Sheriff's Office. Authorities have identified the teen as Devon Baptiste. Witnesses say he showed signs of distress and then failed to resurface. That's when 911 was called. His body was found shortly after rescuers arrived on the scene. A one-time confirmed and admitted incoming LSU freshman who filmed himself screaming the N-word on camera. His name is Drew Dollar. He's from West Monroe. He will not be attending the state's flagship university come fall. LSU's Black Male Leadership Initiative applauds the university's decision. LSU has refused to comment further on the subject, citing privacy concerns. A study from Scripps Research Institute indicates that mutations in the strain of a coronavirus that's circulating in the U.S. right now may be much more infectious than its Wuhan predecessor. Kevin Barnhart has that story. But how much worse is it? Approximately 10 times more infectious for human cells than the original one. LSU Health New Orleans molecular geneticist Dr. Lucio Mila says the viruses that contain a mutated protein are much more stable. It is more abundant because it doesn't fall apart. He adds that letting the virus spread for herd immunity to develop is more dangerous than originally thought. The more viruses are out there, the better the chance that one of them is going to hit on a mutation that makes it more infectious. I'm Kevin Barnhart. Louisiana has now seen three straight days of COVID-19 hospitalizations. That metric used by health officials to track the actual rate of community spread. Assistant Health Secretary Dr. Alex Biu says their contact tracing data shows this is largely due to increased social interactions in recent weeks and possibly due to Memorial Day. Moving around in the community, whether you're going to a phase two opened facility or not, just being out and about more is going to increase the risk that you're going to come in contact with someone with COVID, increase the risk that COVID spreads. BU says it does not appear the recent increase in transmissions is disproportionately due to new clusters in nursing homes. Neighboring Texas and Arkansas have seen record-breaking increases in the last week, and Bio says it could be foreshadowing for us. A lot of what they've done has preceded us by about two weeks. So I think as we're looking towards the future, and we're looking next door to see what the present looks like for them. Statewide, the growth in cases has been the largest in Lake Charles, Alexandria, and the Monroe regions. Bio says the recent upward trend here and the record spikes in neighboring states are important reminders the pandemic is not over. And we need to continue wearing masks and social distancing. If we don't take those personal actions, uh, then there's no reason to believe we'd be any different than our neighboring states in a week or two. The U.S. Senate's lone African-American GOP member set to unveil police reform legislation this morning in response to the George Floyd protests. The legislation limits the use of chokeholds, requires officers to intervene if they see excessive force, and provides for more cameras. Senator Bill Cassidy says Tim Scott's bill is a necessary conversation. People need to know that they are heard, and that which can be done to address on a federal level is done, and hopefully as well on state and local levels. Yesterday, the president signed his own executive order blocking federal funds from heading to police departments that do not limit the use of chokeholds. Cassidy says he looks forward to the coming debate over policies and reforms and wants other states to take a look at New Orleans police's use of force for policy and their guidance. If Minneapolis had had the training of the NOPD, George Floyd would not have died. 
Outside of one notable incident near the Crescent City Connection Bridge, there has been limited conflict between protesters and the NOPD since Floyd's death. Chokeholds feature prominently in both today's Senate legislation and the president's order, but Cassidy says a total ban warrants further study. The, the officer is a female, and she's 140 pounds, and she's trying to control somebody who's 220, a male, and aggressive or inebriated, then there has to be something about that. Democrats have attacked the GOP proposal, calling it too narrow. Instead, touting a more expansive House bill, we're told that would be dead on arrival in the Senate. There's new hope for some of the sickest coronavirus patients fighting to survive. A steroid is proving to be the first life-saving drug research have found. In some national headlines, a pair of Oklahoma attorneys are pushing to have safety measures in place for President Trump's rally that's happening in Tulsa this weekend. The lawyers filed a lawsuit to pressure BOK Center's operator to enforce social distancing and face masks at the event. Attorney Clark Brewster argued the rally is going to spread coronavirus, quote, without a question. Trump has held off on campaign rallies because of the respiratory illness. Saturdays will be his first since March. And finally, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is pushing against removing Confederate statues from the U.S. Capitol building. Speaking to reporters, McConnell explained it's, quote, nonsense that we need to airbrush the Capitol and scrub out everybody. He was talking about those with slavery connections from years ago. The Kentucky Republican noted that each state is allowed two statues and can trade them out if they want to. Both parties have been told and they're going to debate whether the monuments remain in the building. But McConnell has argued it should be a decision made by the individual states. This news update is brought to you by the T.J. Martell Foundation. Join the T.J. Martell Foundation in the fight against leukemia, cancer, and AIDS. Your support helps save more lives. Visit tjmartell.org to learn more. Mostly sunny skies across Acadiana today. Temperatures are going to be pushing their way into the lower 90s. Probably hit up somewhere about 93 degrees in the afternoon, which is pretty close to where we've been over the last couple of days here. Winds are going to come from the north at about 5 to 10 miles an hour. And with clear skies overnight, we'll get those lows down to around 69 degrees. Be on the lookout maybe for a quick passing shower with rain chances at about 10%. But most of that is going to be hovering around the coastline and again, staying very, very isolated. That's how things are going to look for Forward through the rest of the work week. Not too many issues out there. Temperatures will consistently sit in the lower 90s. And humidity seems to be running a tad lower than it was during the course of the weekend. Moisture starts to bounce back into the area, though, as we get to, uh, into Saturday and Sunday. By Sunday evening, you can see a couple scattered showers across Acadiana. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Our weather update is brought to you by Matthew James Financial Group, Wealth Management and Retirement Planning. Just a phone call away at 366-8366. That's 366-8366. News Talk 96.5. KPL. Right now, traffic. And uh, still no accidents or incidents to report to you at this point. Everything looks clear. The interstates look good. But if there's anything we need to know about, you can give us a call at 232-15. Hey, Dr. Phil here. I help people solve difficult and trying personal problems every day on my TV show, but there's one problem that just got me stumped. Childhood hunger. Nearly 16 million children in America struggle with it. That's one in five kids who may not know where their next meal is coming from, despite the fact that there's more than enough healthy, nutritious food out there to feed them all. Now, I don't know about you, but that is unacceptable to me. 
Luckily, the Feeding America network of good people is out there collecting surplus food and giving hope to hungry children and their families at local food banks all across the country. But let's face it, they can't do it without your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. The storks are bringing me a baby brother! We can handle this together! Alright, let's go! Storks know how to keep kids safe. Do you? What? Oh my gosh, you don't know. <gasps> I know. You don't! <laughs> oh man, you laugh when you're uncomfortable. <laughs> no. Making sure your child is in the right car seat is one of the steps to safer travel. I will rock this! You will rock this! To know for sure that your child is in the right car seat for their age and size, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. Cool, cool, cool. Very cool, very cool. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. My suit can still make an impression. And my lamp can bring others a bright future. Because when I donate my stuff to Goodwill, it helps fund job placement and training for people right in my community. Goodwill. Donate stuff. Create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org. Brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. All right, it is Wednesday morning on Acadiana's Morning News, and that means we have a guests to come on and we get to pepper them with questions for a whole hour we call it winging it wednesday and it's brought to you by labi today uh stephen hanwork the executive director of the louisiana democrat party joining us on the phone good morning to you sir good morning good morning it's always good to talk to you and pick your brain about things going on in the country it's too bad there's nothing to talk about today um but you know we'll try to figure something out (laughs) we'll have to dig deep yeah dig deep Okay, so let just kind of scouring around, looking at some stories this morning. There is a story on Politico, and we're going to jump to a ton of topics this morning um, uh, with Stephen. But I'm reading one of these headlines, and this is on Politico this morning about two hours ago, and it says Trump has a point about the polls. Now, once you read into it, you know, the, the headline, I think, was maybe a little bit ambitious because... Right. They're not saying there's a real problem. Obviously, we have this across the country, an average of an 8% difference, uh, Trump trailing Biden in a lot of these states. But when it comes to the battleground states, um, this writer, Stephen Shepard, says pollsters aren't deliberately skewing the surveys, but the polls showing Trump trailing Biden with an increasing margin, they're not phony either, but they could be making the same mistakes that happened in the 2016, and that is kind of... The, the polls around there, which sort of overestimated the enthusiasm in that, especially in those battleground states. Um, what do you think about that? As someone who's sort of overseeing efforts of the party in our state, you're one of 50 executive directors of state parties. Is that the case? And and what do you think is going on? Well, look, I think anyone that is solely uh, uh, using polling data to uh, discern their efforts or drive their efforts probably uh, missed the lessons of the past decade or more. Um, so, um, you know, just because they've been so wrong um, over the years and didn't take into account new factors and new ways of people moving about. Um, so, 
Look, I think that uh, right now we certainly are, are are seeing some polls that certainly put a little bit of wind in our back. But that can't for a moment stop the fact that we've got to keep organizing. We've got to keep doing the work that Democrats know how to do. Um, we've got a lot of muscle memory when it comes to these things. But we've got to actually turn on the heat and keep the gas fully to the ground. It was not that long ago, uh, just about four years ago, where polls were telling us that Hillary Clinton was going to easily become our next president. And obviously, we know what happened there. So I think Democrats are um, certainly uh, uh, maybe have a little bit of extra spring in their step. But certainly right now, that just is uh, making them work just a little bit harder. Uh, Take maybe one more Zoom meeting. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because apparently that's all we do now is Zoom meetings. Um, and, and, And work even harder to make sure that we're talking to voters. So I feel like one of the problems that the, the Democrat Party nationally has to contend with is the fact that a little bit later on this morning, we're going to have a bill from a Republican senator about police, about police reforms. Yesterday, we had a big announcement, a Rose Garden signing ceremony for an executive order about this. Now, you know, I'm no political analyst, but I've watched this happen Um, If this wouldn't have happened, it would have been a great thing to campaign on. Look what Trump could have done. He could have done something. And now you you have him talking about it yesterday. You have the family of Ahmaud uh, Arbery. He was the the guy down in Georgia that was shot, you know, not by police, but just by someone who lived in this neighborhood. You have his family coming out and saying he has real compassion. We met with him at the White House, and he said there's going to be change. Does that take a little bit? Uh, away from the playbook of the Biden campaign, who could have easily, and I'm sure they would have loved to go out and say, look, he could have done something, he's the president, and he did nothing. Is this at least something? Oh, well, wait, hold you know, I, I think anyone that, that is that jaded in these things uh, uh, certainly needs to take a little bit of a bigger look at, at what it is we're doing. Um, we certainly welcome any changes that are going to help move the needle to help make this country more of what we all should be aspiring to. There's not one of us that takes any joy in any of those pieces. What yeah. we should be happy about is is that there is conversation happening now, that there is a Republican uh, U.S. senator that is actually helping lead the conversation. Now, will it go far enough? Um, I think that there's always the opportunity to say, well, I wish we could have gotten this one more piece in or we could have modified it in this way. But no, absolutely not. I think everyone in, in my quarters and certainly the people that I run with are happy uh, that we're having these conversations, that we're taking this up. I think that this has to be a holistic approach. And all of the good things that we can do are things that we could and should be doing together on this. Uh, regardless of what jersey you wear. So then does that sort of set up Biden to have some sort of statement today commending what's going to be announced a little bit later on this morning? We haven't seen it yet with the executive director, or is it just kind of election year politics? That's not going to happen, not in a million years. 
Well, I don't. First off, um, you know, um, I, I haven't talked with uh, uh, with the vice president about this. Yeah, um, yeah. You probably won't be surprised. <laughs> yeah. um, but 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 I can say that. Look, I mean, he's got a campaign to run. He certainly um, has uh, given out. Um, compliments when they're there. The problem is, is that we're left with very few things to compliment. Um, so what we are here to do, though, is is to keep our messaging straight. And I think that a lot of folks right now are wanting to know exactly how the vice president plans to lead on yep. this matter. That's how they want to hear, uh, just like they want to see from our president right now. They want to see him leading on this. Instead, we have a president who frequently says, coronavirus, not my responsibility. He frequently ducks these things, claiming that he has no responsibility here. At the end of the day, he does. The buck has to stop with him. And that is where I think that that voters are really concerned and certainly paying attention in this election. What about the inability to have traditional campaign events? Because that this is something we haven't dealt with, especially in modern politics. I'm sure there was something, I'm sure there were some campaigns, even on the local levels or state levels back whenever the Spanish flu happened, that Maybe you didn't have your big events, but, you know, we haven't seen that in modern politics. The election year is normally full of things that we would have been seeing maybe a couple times a week already when it comes to, you know, big, uh, big rallies and, and, you know, going into diners where people are eating and shaking hands, kissing babies, petting dogs. That's all a part of it. And I, I don't know. I think a lot of people are looking at enthusiasm for either one. I mean, Trump obviously has the stage every day because he's the president, but is that enthusiasm there in your eyes? Look, I, I certainly am hearing it from voters, but it is a very different environment. You nailed it. Um, uh, because of these larger-scale rallies are going to take so much extra effort to keep people safe, more than anything, we have to also question the individuals who um, – may not go solely because they don't feel safe. They don't feel safe in, in large environments um, uh, with, the, you know, the open air and especially when people are not wearing masks, those sorts of things. So I think that for any of the politicos that are listening and are running races right now, I think that is the very difficult thing that they're trying to contend with is, okay, so if um, I'm not able to do these traditional things, such as these large-scale rallies that they have to be smaller events. What are the things that I can do to still connect with voters? And thank goodness that we do have technology. I mean, back in 1918, I don't believe that uh, we had <laughs> social media uh, back then. Now, it's been around for a while, but I don't think anybody was tweeting back then. Well, there, there was Facebook, um, but it was just a photo album and pictures of people's oh, faces. Yeah, you had to scroll. Yep, yep, yep. I recall now. Yep, you're but, right. But you're you know what? But your right. angry aunt could not mess with that. Could not mess with that Facebook like she can this Facebook. You know what I'm saying? Correct. That's exactly right. Um, That's exactly right. Stephen, Stephen Handwork joins us here on the phone. We need to get a quick break in here. I want to talk about the Supreme Court decision this week on LGBTQ and workplace protections. Um, you have been very passionate, even on our show, about these protections and how they didn't exist. Um and kind of what I'm seeing, a lot of people were sort of surprised they didn't to start with. So we're going to talk to you about that when we return. You're listening to Winging It Wednesday, brought to you by LABI, right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Bacon and eggs, grit with extra butter. Uh, we'll do some toast and coffee. Oh, don't forget Acadiana's Morning News with Robin Bernie. Thank you so much.
Oh, hey, can I get some orange juice? Orange juice. Yeah, cool. Sure. I wasn't prepared to be a caregiver to mom. But a little over a year ago, we realized she couldn't take care of herself without our help. And well, how could I not be there for her? I had no idea how hard it would be and just what I would need to know. Things I never thought of, like how to improve her mood and even for me, ways to stay positive. Luckily, I found the Caregiving Resource Center from AARP. It had articles about the basics that got me started, but also information about the hurdles I was facing in this new role. I could even connect with experts and hear from others who had been in my place. I know this road we're on isn't an easy one, but I'm really happy to have the extra help for her and for me. Caregiving Resource Center at aarp.org caregiving. Articles, tips, and tools to help you both care for your loved one and care for yourself. This message is brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. I make learning a privilege, not a chore, and frustration a tool, not an obstacle. I'm a teacher. I make more. Make more. Teach. Visit teach.org. Brought to you by Teach and the Ad Council. It is 7.30 now at News Talk 96.5 KPL. A little bit earlier on in the show, we talked to Loretta Powers, a legal analyst, and we talked about the decision by the Supreme Court as far as workplace protections go for members of the LGBTQ plus community. And, um, Stephen, you know, this is one of the things. I remember exactly where I was sitting. You know, I was sitting on the other side of the studio. Bernie and I have switched spots, and you were sitting about three feet away from me. And when you mentioned about the protections that didn't exist for someone who was gay in the workplace to be fired because they're gay. I'll be honest. Um, Millennial Rob, who I feel like is sees a lot of things, reads a lot of things. It's still, I, I remember kind of looking at you and thinking, surely there's protection. I mean, surely uh, this is not something that just now popped up. It's been something obviously since I guess what seventies and eighties, we've been talking about more in this country in a more mainstream way, but I guess I never even considered that protections wouldn't be there. Well, the Supreme Court this week affirmed that they fall in line with precedent set, and that is sex-based discrimination. As Loretta Powers earlier explained, you know, if you have two different people, one is in a relationship with a woman, one is a relationship with a man, and the one in the relationship with the man is considered for more promotions, well, then that is sex-based discrimination, and that's what the Supreme Court said. So kind of give me your take on this. Um, I'm sure it was great news and... You know, maybe even a little bit of relief for yourself, sir. Uh, look, absolutely. I mean, for the better part of 25 years, this has been the issue that I have been working on um, and making sure that we had a more fair and just uh, world. Um, you know, I uh, have certainly seen uh, my uh, uh, own occurrences of discrimination uh, and that it has absolutely gotten better. Um, Rob, to your point, you know, the vast majority of Louisiana citizens thought that we already had these protections. Um, and so they were surprised to learn, much like you, that we don't. And at the end of the day, you know, I was talking, I was so overjoyed, obviously, uh, when marriage equality came uh, via the Supreme Court ruling, uh, that I was super excited about it. But I think I came on your guys' program and many others shortly thereafter and said, well, I'm glad that I can now get married and really have the legal protections uh, that marriage affords me and my husband, who, by the way, have been together for 19 years. Um, it would be great um, uh, to be able to do that. But 
also, too, remember there are a lot of people that might get married on Saturday but then fired on Monday, um, and that's totally legal. Um, well, no more. The Supreme Court says no more. Um, so every single one of our states now is covered, um, and we had a lot of a patchwork situation where there were protections in Shreveport, there were protections in New Orleans. Now every single person is now protected. They're going to be judged on the quality of their work uh, versus um, any of their uh, uh, personal attributes. And what's especially good, I think, too, is is that this also covers um, those in the transgender community, which is incredibly important because, um, you know, those immutable characteristics that individuals have, and as they identify, having those protections in the workplace um, is something that will certainly help us, but also has been used as a divisive tool inside uh, the LGBT community from, in my opinion, the right, because they would try and divide us and say, well, we'll consider it being okay for gay men and women, but we're not going to go that far as to protect uh, those uh, and their gender identity. So this was a sweeping uh, change. I'm incredibly excited about it. That it was a 6-3 decision is even more important, I think, for us, uh, knowing that one of Donald Trump's own appointees uh, to the court, uh, Neil Gorsuch, agreed uh, and actually wrote the opinion uh, that uh, for the majority uh, is something that I also also think is worthwhile mentioning. So congratulations, uh, Donald Trump. Um, I might have been wrong about Neil Gorsuch. I want to ask, though, because I feel like we've had this conversation, you know, especially recently in talking about racial issues, um, that in some cases you you may never understand if you're not a person that's a part of this community, why it's so important. The same way you don't understand how someone, you know, who is black, understand, you know, thinks about certain issues in the country. And I think that's why it's so uncomfortable, because we like to feel like. We can understand anything. We can grasp it. You can explain it to us. And then I can say, yeah, you know what? I hear what you're saying. In many of these cases, I think especially now, you know, Stephen, is the whole topic of transgender because it is confusing. It's something that is even more new than, you know, gay and lesbian Americans, which we've been talking about for much longer. And, and things have been a little bit safer to come out and talk about those things. But I'm never going to understand what that's like or what that discrimination feels like. And I think it's fair and okay for me to say that. Yeah. So, I mean, first off, I think that it's important for me uh, as a white gay male to state that I don't for a moment think uh, that I can fully grasp and understand um, what it is like to be an African-American male um, and, and the, the discrimination uh, that takes place there uh, for African-Americans. What I can say is, and I think I can speak quite well on, is certainly the discrimination that the LGBT community uh, in our full range rainbow uh, colors, especially this being Pride Month. Um, I, I, I can certainly talk to my experiences, but um, there's been no time that I know of that any of the leaders in our LGBT community um, have tried to equate or try and say that our experiences are the same or even similar. Um, many of the times we were able to hide. I mean, that closet uh, is notorious for containing a lot of individuals. Um, and um, that is something that um, is certainly something that I think provides empathy 
Um, and I think that that is important in this uh, new world that we live in, where everyone seems to be going to their camps, right? Uh, you encamp with the liberals or you encamp with the conservatives. And one of the things that we've lost in doing that, I think, is a lot of the empathy. I certainly think that these conversations that we're having right now with the Supreme Court ruling, um, with the killing of George Floyd, I think those are inflection points that allow us as humans to become better at being humans. We need to be listening more. We need to be better allies. And we need to be having these conversations with folks. And yes, even when they're uncomfortable. Wouldn't you agree, though, that, you know, you're talking about people going back to their own camps. Wouldn't you agree, though, that the politicians and their campaigns, especially in this pre-contentious election year already, put people in those camps as well? Because... They fundraise both parties yep. at the same exact moment. Money, will send money, me the same money, exact money, 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 fundraiser email, mm -hmm. but from two perspectives. Mm -hmm. You know, and we had someone on yesterday who was like, I was at my parents' house in Florida. My dad gets this type of mailer. My mom gets this, this type, type of, of mailer, mailer. And I don't get any at all because I'm a registered independent. You know, and, and maybe that's some of the failure of our, of our system right now. Oh, I, I'm, you're not going to get any arguments from me on that. Um, you know, I frequently, if you watch my social medias at all, you will definitely notice that I frequently am making fun of, uh, the ad agencies that are getting all of this business from folks. I get a lot of mail from Donald Trump, which is shocking to me. Um, you would think somewhere, somewhere, somehow, some, uh, data geek, uh, would have found that, oh, this guy's a little to the left. He might not want to get this mail. We might want to save that stamp but nope i still get a lot of it um but you're in but louisiana yeah, and you're a point. male you know i mean i under i would correct. understand why you fit two of the criteria correct well and you're but, married you know, right? I think your point you're a married man in louisiana married, right? Yes. Exactly. right? Uh, so I, I i think that you know i think your point is certainly valid uh, but it also, too, I mean, I'll use the analogy uh, that I think works with this is, you know, you don't go drilling for oil uh, in a place that you know is dry, right? You're going to want to actually send fundraising emails and you're going to want to send, you know, direct snail mail and all that kind of stuff to fertile ground. Uh, people that are, are, are likely to respond and do the things that you want them to do. Yeah. Um, regretfully, because of how we're set up in our, our political structure here, um, uh, politics needs money in order to operate. Yeah, um, I want to talk about statewide issues, and we're going to do that when we come back. We're joined by Executive Director of the State Democrat Party, Stephen Hanwork. Uh, tort reform is a big one. I mean, we kind of thought that was what we would be talking about, not the fact that you know, the legislature couldn't meet for a while because of everything going on COVID-wise. But we're going to get your insight on uh, where we are as a state and what is to come when we continue on Winging It Wednesday right here on Acadiana's Morning News. Acadiana's Morning News, part of a complete breakfast on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Winging It Wednesday is brought to you by LABI, and you can find out more about what they can do for you and your business right now at labi.org. Click on the Benefits Center because they put you in control of your employee benefits from insurance, human resources, compliance solutions, even employee solutions. It's a one-stop shop for what you need for employee benefits, and they can help you at LABI. Also, a wealth of information about the initiatives they're taking part in, those they support, and those they're fighting against for small business, large business, all business in Louisiana. 
labi.org for more information, or you can always call them by reaching out to Elena LaCour at 225-215-6647. That's 225-215-6647 for more information about LABI. Moon Griffon. The news that was. People want to know how this happened. And the news that's now. The attempted coup d'etat. Get a complete and concise update tomorrow morning. Hi, y'all. Welcome to the Moon Griffon Show as we rock and roll. And it's another beautiful day in Louisiana. And we are honored to have our special guest today, the President of the United States, President Donald Trump. I have to tell you, Moon, you have a great reputation. All my friends down there, I have a lot of them. They're saying, call Moon. It's an honor to do your show. It really is great to be on the Moon Griffon. I really, it's a big deal. You're a, you're like a, you're a big deal in talk radio. I appreciate it. Trump likes doing the, the moon show. He, he called me one day and he said, Kennedy, do you know moon? <laughs> and I said, yes, I know moon. And he said, well, I just did moon. He said, I turned down 60 minutes to do moon. I said, what's up to you? time. We need to know this stuff. Moon Griffon. I listen to you every day. Listen to all the action every morning at 9 on News Talk 96.5. KPL. You're listening to American Ground Radio's Morning Minute. Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser wants more Louisianians to take staycations this summer. But what we really need is for more people from out of the state to be able to visit New Orleans. Make no mistake about it. There has been no one has had more influence on our state's economy during this pandemic than New Orleans Mayor Latoya Cantrell. That's because when it comes to Louisiana tourism revenue, New Orleans accounts for nearly half of Louisiana's eight billion dollar annual tourism income so the longer mayor cantrell puts up the be back soon sign in the window of new orleans there are going to be fewer and fewer visitors to louisiana if new orleans doesn't open up soon the state could lose as many as 50 percent of our tourism businesses for good american ground radio where building a better america begins with building a better us Return each Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. with Louis R. Abalone and Stephen Paul on News Talk 96.5 KPL and streaming live at KPL96.5.com. And now, your forecast from the KATC-TV3 Weather Lab. Plenty of sunshine out there today with temperatures pushing their way into the lower 90s. We're up at about 93 degrees again today. Winds coming from the north at about 5 to 10 miles an hour. 10% chance maybe for a quick shower down closer to the coastline. Lows tonight going to get down to around 69 degrees with clear skies overnight. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. This weather update is brought to you by Tabbouleh Lebanese Cuisines in Lafayette. They are open on Ambassador Caffrey next to Rooms to Go. Tabbouleh, your choice for authentic, freshly made Lebanese food. That's right. I cleared my throat on the mic. It's okay because we're getting into Valerie. 7.45 now Ooh. at News Talk 96.5 KPEL. And Stephen Handwork joins us from the State Democrat Party. You know what? I love to just pepper him with questions. Because remember when he was coming on before, obviously, yes. Biden reached the point where he had enough primary victories to be the presumptive nominee. Um, by the way, what is the party going to do about a convention? How's that going to happen, Stephen? How's that going to work? Oh, you know what? He can't hear us yet. Hey, Stephen, you there? Hey. All right. So I, I am just, here. I was just rambling on. I, I mean, I said everything He's in the book good nice about you, and then you couldn't even hear it. So you can't prove that I was wrong. Um, <laughs> oh, man. What are we going to do? <laughs> What is the party going to do about a convention? Um, I know the GOP is having a, a time because part of it's still going to be in North Carolina, I think, but the actual big portion is going to be down in Jacksonville. 
Um, now, Biden does have enough primary votes, in theory, to to you know, seal this nomination. But how's that going to happen? How's that going to work? Yeah, so, I mean, we're currently working through that. Um, this will be my fifth convention I think I've been a part of. Um, so um, we're working through that right now. Uh, many of us have been meeting, talking about this, uh, working through multiple different uh, vectors. Um, what I can tell you is for the Democrats, it's not going to be 100% in person and it's not going to be 100% virtual. So it's going to be somewhere in the middle. Uh, and we're trying to figure out exactly how we can do this as safe as possible, but also still do the things that we know that we need to do. There are a lot of people who have worked incredibly hard uh, to become delegates uh, for this year's uh, convention. Uh, they've worked really hard for their candidates. So uh, we're trying to provide them with experience. But I mean, we're re-envisioning literally everything. Um, I thought because I've done so many conventions that this was just going to be easy and it would be done already. And no, that's just not it. So are, are, are we any closer to an announcement? I mean, I love to ask you to look into your crystal ball about who a running mate might be. It seems like more recently, the two names that I'm hearing the most about are Stacey Abrams and Kamala Harris. Are those two that are still in the running or do we have a, a surprise in there? Like, a, am not going to say a write in. It won't be a write in, but, you know, a kind of a curveball. Look, I, I definitely um, have the utmost respect for both of those amazing women who have done uh, and proven themselves to be um, incredibly talented and passionate and certainly people that the, uh, the voters respond to. But look, there's also some amazing people who shared the stage with the vice president, including, you know, um, uh, Amy Klobuchar, uh, who I think is amazing, and, you know, more than a few others. Um, I think that Val Demings, another congresswoman from Florida who is just a rock star and comes with that police background as well. Um, so I think that it's it, it they're vetting a lot of these candidates right now. Not only uh, do we see that, we also want to know what's in people's backgrounds and that sort of thing so that we don't have, you know, um, some baggage to deal with. But more than anything right now, I think that the vice president is also trying to figure out who does he get along with? Who meshes? Um, that was one of the things that we saw that really paid dividends, I think, uh, underneath President Obama was is that he got along with uh, Joe Biden so well uh, that they actually had a friendship, that they actually respected each other, and that made them a better team. So I think that that's what the vice president is looking for right now. But uh, I wish I had the inside scoop and could break some news here. Uh, I just don't. All right. Let's talk about some state issues. Um, obviously, we're kind of moving forward in a special session. We get these pretty regular emails about you know, bills the governor has signed. I think the, the tort reform veto, that was expected. Um, however, there have been a couple that I think were unexpected. And, you know, the more conservative side of the legislature and conservative base, you know, here in the state of Louisiana, surprised by the expansion of the carry of firearms in churches. Also, um, a bill that was just signed yesterday really goes to support the the Second Amendment and really limits um, the way individual municipalities could have bans and everything else. I think those two are pretty surprising. What are you seeing? What are you hearing? 
Yeah, so I know that a lot of our constituents that are in the big cities certainly had some problems uh, with those bills. And uh, I know that the governor had um, a lot of decisions to make. I may not agree with all of those individual ones. But at the end of the day, I mean, uh, there's also the, the law of numbers here. And, um, you know, trying to do this, you know, trying to navigate our ways through all of these things uh, certainly is important. I, 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 the one thing that I want to point out is this whole tort reform, which, by the way, I'm not, I don't buy into that, uh, this being a silver bullet by any remote stretch of the imagination. Matter of fact, I will be shocked if any of our bills go down by even a penny, uh, but if they're ever able to get their act together. What I find comical, though, is, is that they had all of this time to come up with their Christmas list uh, as to what they wanted with this more conservative legislature, and they botched the legislation um, uh, so much so that the governor did have to veto it because of uh, how it was put together. So, look, if they can get their act together in this special session, I know that the speaker went out of his way to make sure uh, that this was in the call uh, for this, I-, I think is important. What I would encourage folks to really dig in and pay attention to is they've been giving away a lot of money and credits and, and benefits to a bunch of different organizations, especially a lot of business organizations. And at the same time, they haven't been realizing new revenue. Uh, when we know that we're going to be seeing a huge deficit uh, because of COVID and what that's done to our state budget, what scares me is, is that they're giving away a lot of Christmas presents right now that we're going to end up having to do mid-year budget changes uh, sometime later this year and have to pay the piper at that point. So I would caution everyone right now that, you know, this is not as rosy as they would have you believe with all of these tax credits being given out. Well, because we, I was going to say, we also have revenue issues we're going to well, have to deal with, too. We can't well, kind of act like that side's not yeah, happening, right? I mean, but how, which one came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> yeah. You know what? You know, we are... Well, at the end of the day, you can't, if you don't have the revenue, you don't have the money to actually pay for these tax credits. So... You know, yes, we have done a lot of cutting uh, to uh, the state budget, and I'm sure that there are still more places that we can trim uh, some of the fat off. Um, and the governor has insisted that all departments uh, come back and trim uh, even more. But, man, at the end of the day, there are some vital services that we still need to get done. I still get really ticked off when I hit a pothole. Yeah. I, I think there's yeah. a lot of people. Hey, Stephen Handwork, thanks so much for joining us today. It's always great to You're get awesome. you to sort of spill the tea read the tea all of it at the same time it's great a lot of tea a lot of just a lot I love tea, the out tea. There. yeah spilling the tea with you is fun uh <laughs> i think we have a date friday yes i think we do i'm looking forward to it uh-huh. on your new show yeah i get to ask you any crazy thing i want now huh let's go giddy up you know Woo-woo. you know uh, two to four is like the wild west and that has not changed with the new show so anyway <laughs> thanks Stephen. good talking to you have a great one man all right it's 753 now Thank at news you. talk 96.5 kpel we're back with more after this katie anna's morning news part of a complete breakfast but not gmo free sorry Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You've messed up your daughter's haircut. Do you A, get spiritual? Mom, where's the mirror? Beauty is within. Oh. B, find the positives. Less time blow drying, more time texting. Or C, show empathy. Mom, you really.
really don't have twinsies. I kind of love it. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Hey, parents, you don't need the latest gizmo slang or clothes to be a perfect parent. Because kids in foster care don't need perfection. They need you. For more information on how you can adopt, go to AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Activating the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab. Your forecast coming up on Acadiana's Morning News. Hey, is that a faucet running? Nope, that's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. It is? Yeah, forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. The water comes straight from the forest to us. In fact... What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. How do trees clean the air? They soak up the dirty air on their leaves, branches, and trunks, which means clean air for us. Hmm, cool. I didn't know that. Yep, but the forest does more than give us clean air and water. It gives us shade for hot days, birds to listen to, and trees to climb. Wow, that's awesome. I didn't know how cool the forest could be. Hey, let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council.